Welcome to Underground Opolis, everyone. Over the coming weeks, we will be exploring the gizmos, talking with different members from over the years, which there were several. Due to availabilities of myself and the gizmos members, we were unable to do this in any consecutive or chronological order. However, these will be released as they are recorded. I wanted every great story and detail from everyone involved that I could get in touch with, with what became Indiana's first punk rock band. Flowers. Uh, at the moment, I'm living in Bloomington, Indiana, but I grew up in Jackson, Alabama, which is a small town in southern Alabama. And until like, well, from 1979 until 19 or 1979 until 2018, I lived in Los Angeles. All right. So. Were you a, a, an original Gizmo, or did you come in later on? I I am one of the founding members of the original Gizmo, uh, <laughs> and started in 1976. Basically, yeah. it was me and Kenny Highland, and then Ted Nemec came along, and then Rich Coffey and his band. Uh, that was pretty pretty much the band. How did it come together originally? Well, okay. Uh, Kenny and I were both uh, teenage fanzine writers. He was in upstate New York. Like I already said, I was in southern Alabama. And uh, just because there was a, a network of, of fanzines and people who were into collecting and stuff, we started corresponding. We were around the same age, uh, still in high school. And uh, so we were doing that and both writing for fanzines. And we started writing for a fanzine from Bloomington called Beyond Our Control in, I think, 1973 is when it started. And we, we I think we were both writing for it by the second issue. And so we were corresponding also with this guy in Bloomington named Bob Richards, who put out the fanzine and then... 1974, Kenny graduated from high school in Rockport, New York, and uh, decided to take a trip to Bloomington and meet this Bob Richard guy. And as a re result of that happening, they drove all the way down to Jackson, Alabama and picked me up and then drove me back to Bloomington. And we hung out there for, I don't know, about a week. And this is like 
summer of 74. I was like 16. And so we did that. The next year, the three of us also were involved in doing a a local fanzine in Bloomington. It's more like a really a, beyond that level. I mean, it was a professionally done thing. It was distributed locally free. It was called Gulture. And uh, I edited the first issue. And a few months after all that, in early 1976, Kenny decided he was going to join the Marines. So Bob Richard, who they were roommates, uh, had heard all these songs Kenny had been recording on just cassettes since he was like about 16. And it was like he talked Ken into like, let me do a record with you before you go to the Marines. And this was like, there was no label. I mean, the label started because of that. But he called it Culture Records after what the magazine was called. And Kenny was like, yeah, I don't want to just release these home recordings I did. Let me put together a band. So that's what became the gizmo. And he just he wrote me and said, hey, you want to be on a record? Yeah, yeah, sure. I'd never been in a band or sang in front of anybody or anything. And uh, But we had wrote a couple songs together in 1974 when we first met. So we had sort of a thing going, uh, but it wasn't anything we thought would ever happen. So it was me, and then there was a local guy, Ted Nemec, who was uh, he was he was really a fan of the magazine of culture of culture because he was the you know wrote about underground music and stuff that he was into. So they knew him, and he had a song. And uh, then Kenny through also through fanzines had met. This girl in northern Indiana whose boyfriend had a band, and that was Rich Coffee. And Kenny went up to visit her and then heard, heard the band and jammed with him a couple times. And then so when we were going to do the record, uh, he just, just like sort of instant band, Rich Coffee's band, which was called Cerberus, just became the, the musical, main musical part of the, what it sounded like. And so that was the band. Just kind of put together pretty quickly within like a couple months and so all of us weren't even in the same room until we recorded the record so it was a band but it kind of wasn't a band it was more like a recording project so we did that and then after we recorded that first ep we all went our separate ways like kenny and i like went driving around the east coast and stuff before he went into the marines and those guys Rich Coffey and his, his buddies went back to northern Indiana. And, yeah, so the only guy I think was still here was Ted Nemi. Uh, so then the record comes out a few months later, and, like, there is no band. And, you know, but somehow it gets written about a lot. And, uh, and so we kind of repeat the same thing in 1977 and do manage to play two live shows, although I wasn't I, – I, did not perform at either one of them. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's the that's the gizmos in a nutshell. It was like the first Indiana punk band, but in a way we weren't really a band. I mean, we were, but we weren't, you know, because we didn't play shows. We didn't live in the same place. Um, I've n- I never even lived in Indiana officially until 2018. I mean, I came oh, up wow. here. I came up here a few times. Uh, from like 74 to 77, but I lived in Jackson, Alabama the whole time. I would just come up and then go back down. I mean, I was sometimes up here for like six weeks or something. So 
I guess I sort of, you know, slept on Bob Richards' couch or whatever, but I wasn't a citizen of Bloomington, you know. So it's it's all very funny. Even Kenny, you know, who did live here uh, before he went into Marines, he moved here after that first visit in 1974. He moved here in the next year, in 75. Um, but he was only here for one year. So uh, the Gizmos, like, Two like the two guys who actually were the the reason it happened the way it happened were not from Indiana at all. So it's it's very peculiar. Yeah, I thought I thought you were a Bloomington native this whole time. And <laughs> no way. Uh uh-uh. uh No no. I started from I started coming back here in 2014 when we started playing reunion shows. And between 1977 and 2014, I'd never been in Indiana at all. I was in Los Angeles. Uh, so then I started, I came back here a few different times and I just, I loved it. And I needed to get out of LA. It was just killing me. And I didn't have the money to exist. And finally, you know, after a few years of doing that, I, 2018, I had the, the resources and was like, fuck it, I'm just moving back. And are moving there. I'm not moving back. I never lived here. But it was either Indy or Bloomington because I know a lot of people in both places. And I ended up here, which I'm glad. It's a it's a much mellower place and it's uh, cheaper and it's it's, it's a cool oh, little yeah. city. It's a cool little city. Still has music yeah. going on. It's it changes every couple of years. The entire scene. It's just you know when I first got here in 2018, there was a great little punk scene. Young, very young. They're all gone. I mean, they're just, <laughs> and now there's not much going on, and but I know there will be in a couple more years. So it's just very transient place, I guess, like college towns tend to. Be. So you weren't part of breaking away or anything? <laughs> oh no, no, no. I didn't. I didn't. I I I was aware of that when it came out, but I don't think I saw it for like ten years when it was on cable TV or something. And when I saw it, it was like, eh, whatever. You know, I mean. <laughs> you know, could give a shit. I mean, I have no who's your spirit at all. I mean, so you know. But hey, I didn't have it. I didn't have any Alabama spirit either. I can hate college football. And then I lived in L.A. for almost forty years. I could give a shit. It's just places are places. Places you, know, you got to live somewhere. You know, L.A. was great when I first got there because there was a great scene. I, I got there right when hardcore happened. In 1979, so I saw amazing shows, but after about 10 years, I should have got the hell out, and I, I didn't. But it, it kind of traps you. It's uh, it's uh, and so it used to be a pretty easy place to live. It's not anymore. It's just too expensive and also just unpleasant. So, but eh, whatever. Oh, I'm not I'm not there anymore. <laughs> I thought maybe a spaceship dropped you off of Bloomington. Uh, <laughs> there's, knows, no good, there's no good way to get there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I had to. I took I took the plane to Indy and then got a ride down here. <laughs> <laughs> like I lived in Terre Haute for several years and I got transferred to a, to the Bloomington place I was working at, and like I still lived in Terre Haute. It was like, well, that's it's sixty miles. That's a six-mile yeah. commute. It was like, it'd take you an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, see, that's, that's kind of that's kind of like living in L.A., except in L.A., it'd still be the same city. 
So I'm, I knew people all the time that commuted at least an hour both ways every day, and they weren't even outside of L.A. It's just it's humongous. It's too big. It's too big. You know. <laughs> And this is very. This is the right. This is the right size city. You know, it's a city, but it's not big and disgusting yet. It will be in fifty years. They're trying to overbuild right. it, but it's going to take a long time. I won't be here, so <laughs> I won't be on the planet by the time they ruin it. So fuck it. <laughs> oh, Bloomington's nice, man. I, like, I just went. I went there to transfer me there. Yeah. Instead of from out of Indianapolis to to, 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 to just went ahead and transferred me to Bloomington because somehow I knew I was always going to end up at that store anyway. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So there was a part so, I always knew I was going to wind up there for some reason, but I wound up so, in Terre Haute. So when were you when were you hanging out in Bloomington? Well, it would have been, gosh, two thousand eight to two thousand ten or eleven. Oh, okay. Like yeah. 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 I probably. Was, I, Probably the beginning of the scene that was here before me was starting to happen, which is really cool. There was a there was a label called Magnetic South. Do you know about them? No, no, they were great labels. The guy moved out of town right before I moved here in 2018, but there was a bunch of really great bands that were around, kind of like uh, more like punk, but kind of more like garage rock, you know. And yeah. uh, but but then just like the scene when I got here in 2018. Eventually, almost everyone moved away, so it just wasn't here anymore, including the studio and the label. So, you know, in fact, that guy that ran that, he's now in L.A., which I remember when he said that, I was like, are you nuts? It's like, are you crazy, dude? And it's like, he moved out there for a woman, so whatever, you know. <laughs> well, the guitarist, and when we were in Las Vegas, the guitarist and I, because we flew out there. Somebody yeah, flew yeah. us out there to play that show. And, right, <laughs> and we rented because you can rent a car in Las Vegas for twenty bucks a day. I mean, it's uh-huh. real super. It's super cheap. And we we sat there and talked about. It. We even you know Google Maps is like, how long would it take to get to L.A.? Because neither one of us ever been. And we almost we wound up not doing it, but we did. We discussed hard, deeply discussed going to do that. <laughs> it's not that far. It's it's doable. No, it's, it's oh all, yeah, yeah. It's like a two hour drive, three hour right. drive. Right. Some, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah my 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 uh, my old L.A. band, Crawl Space. We played in Vegas a couple of times. We didn't play outside of the city almost ever, but it was just close enough, you know, that uh, it, it wasn't a big deal. So yeah, it's yeah. a weird fucking city. <laughs> I haven't been there since the 90s, but I assume it's still, the weirdness is still there, I guess. What's that, Las Vegas or L.A.? Las Vegas. I mean, both. But Las, Ve- <laughs> Las Vegas just doesn't even make sense. It's just, you know, I mean, I mean, especially if they're in the summer, it's so hot and there are so few trees. It's just like weird. It's like, why are people living here? You know, it's just, oh. it's, the, it's the desert, man. You know, it's... Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I I loved it, not because not, I'm I'm not a gambler. I mean, yeah, I yeah. sat there, I sat there. They went and watched the rest of the guys. Of the band went and watched a show. Yeah, um, at at Circus Circus, I think it was. They wanted to watch this show of some kind, and I was like, "Well, I'll sit at the bar and have a couple of beers." And that's what I did. I had two beers, and I sat there and played the video poker on the bar. I lost five dollars the entire time I was there. So, right. so this was like four four days, and, yeah. 
so I thought that was pretty good. I, you know, sat there, drank two beers, and played the video poker, lost five bucks. I was like, yeah, that's that's not bad. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell yeah. you that, that that was pretty cheap, you know. <laughs> but oh yeah, I like no, that- I like. I did like the desert for some reason. I don't know. I, I didn't. I mean, it's, it's it's all right. I mean, I I wouldn't want to live there. But I the second time that uh, Crawl Space went there, uh, I stayed with some friends that lived there, and they weren't into the city at all. But they were like kind of desert people. So we would just go out in the middle of nowhere, and they knew all the cool places that were in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> They were, you know, just kind of beautiful and empty and everything. And we, like, ate mushrooms and had a great time. But <laughs> the casino stuff is just kind of like, you've seen it. I mean, I don't know. I'm not impressed. It's just, yeah. you know, it's just, I mean, it is what it is. And, you know, I mean, I mean, I guess it's impressive on a certain sort of, like, architectural level that exists at all. It's like the city. But it's like, I don't get it. I mean, I'm not, a, I don't, you know, gambling is just stupid. And, uh, yeah, it's not, I mean, I can imagine in the 50s or even the 60s, it was probably cool just because you could go there and see, like, amazing entertainment for, like, free or very little money. But I know that's not the case anymore, so, you know. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm I'm under the impression that once you get past the, all the packaging of a casino, once you actually get to the Slots and it's all the same. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's what I mean. The, yeah. yeah, the attraction of it is just the exact same thing, and it's something that's like stupid. So, I mean, I, when I went there the first time, I played slot machines like a handful of times, and the very first time I did it, I won something back, and it's like, oh, that's cool. And then the next, however many times I did it, it's like I didn't win, and it's like, oh, okay. That's enough of that, and I I probably only spent a couple dollars at that, and it's like okay, this is dumb and obvious, and <laughs> and it doesn't it I don't know I don't understand the appeal. So I can see like playing poker with your friends as a social thing, but yeah, you know the idea just better. going somewhere and giving money to like some big corporate some conglomerate, guy. yeah, like, yeah, it's like, oh, my God, just, that's all you're really doing is just giving money yeah. to somebody who has too much money already, I mean, fuck it. That's why I won't play the lottery. That's the exact reason I won't play the lottery. Oh, yeah, yeah. Any more yeah. of no. my money. <laughs> uh-uh. No, the same thing when they first had that in L.A., I brought, bought, I think, two lottery tickets two different times. It's like, well, okay, that was stupid. Why did I do that? I, I won't put it, I want my $2 back, you know? It's like, it's like, no, no. But then you see people at like 7-Elevens and stuff, like spending like $20, $30, 40 in lottery tickets. It's like, oh, my God. This is, this, the government shouldn't be engaging in this. It's just, it's immoral, you know? It's like, no, 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 no. The government shouldn't be encouraging gambling. It's like encouraging people to drink or something, you know? It's like, yeah. and, I, and, and I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I drink, but, but you know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah, you know, yeah. it should be it should be neutral. If you want to do it, fine. But the government engaging in it is kind of twisted. Which that's what the lottery is. That's all it is. Is there any gizmo shows coming up anytime soon that I don't know about? Or, or no, I I don't anticipate anything. But uh, I never do before it happens. I mean, it just kind of happens. The last one was in 2019, so it's been a little over three years now. Yeah, I guess keep in mind there's two years of, like, nothing happening in that time period. So, uh, 
if somebody asks, I'm, I'm sure we'll do it. I mean, as long as they have the money. It takes a little bit of money because you have to get a bunch of people from different places there. But I don't know. Since from 2014 to 2019, we did, I don't know, maybe 15 shows, something like that. So it's cool. You know, it was great, especially when I was still in L.A. to just get the hell out of town. And go yeah. and go to play in Memphis or Atlanta or Chicago or New York or whatever. I and mean, it's like, it was amazing. It, it blew my mind when it first started happening. It's like, oh, wow. <laughs> There's people willing to give us money to do this. And it was kind of like when we did it, I mean, it was, it was a little, it was more than a joke, but it was like, you know, I mean, we just felt, we just felt like it was bitching to have a record out. I mean, you know what I mean? We were teenagers. Yeah. Like, this is amazing. I have a record, and I've never, you know, I wrote about music. I mean, I started writing for fanzines when I was 14, but I never thought I'd really be in a band. I didn't, you know, I, I don't know. I lived in a little town where nobody was into what I was into, so it didn't it didn't seem like an option, you know what I mean. And then after the gizmos, it's like, oh, I want to be in a band. <laughs> <laughs> so I have been, you know, on and off for Ever since then, really. So, or either try, either that, or trying to get together a band. What do you think about twenty first century Gizmos fans? How oh, I, thought that, uh, uh, I don't know. That was Rich's idea, uh, or actually, what it was. It was like he was like, "Let's do a song like 20, called Twenty First Century Gizmo Man instead of Twenty First Century Giz uh, Schizoid." So man, <laughs> the, the, you know the uh, the King Crimson song. Yeah, I was like, well, that's a funny idea. And then yeah, then Rich decides that uh, the song's going to be 21st Century Gizmos fans, and he wrote a verse. Ted wrote a verse. I wrote a verse. Rich did the music. Kenny did some music on on that comeback EP, but he didn't write any of the lyrics, which is was interesting because in the original go around in the 70s, he wrote. All but like maybe four of the songs or something. In fact, on the 77 sessions, which two EPs came out of, he wrote most of the songs, but because he was in the Marines on leave when he did it, he only had a certain amount of time to be, you know, away. So he split part of that time to go fuck some girl and then <laughs> got to the Gizmo sessions way late. So we had to record a bunch of the songs without him. So he only ended up being on two of his own songs from that session. And then I sang a couple and Ted sang a, you know, it was just, it was all weird and chaotic. I mean, none of it made any sense. I mean, it, it's just weird it all got released. And then in the long run, at least, uh, there, you know, we had some sort of weird underground reputation. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean he wrote good, he wrote good songs though, and that you know that's where you know where what makes it work or not work is he wrote cool, funny songs mostly about real life, and uh, although a lot of people <laughs> when I would tell them that I was like, oh no way, it was just jokes, right? And it's like no, unless that was whatever stuff that really happened. I bought the I bought the seven inch, and I noticed Craig Bell was on it, which I was like, whoa, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, Craig was in the band. Craig was in the band for uh all the show, not all of them, but he was on the, even the lineup is crazy when we come back. He was in the lineup for a handful of the shows in 2014 
And then the one show we played in, it was here in Bloomington. And we played in another show in Bloomington. And he was the bass player for those shows. And then after that, Melanie Coffey became the bass player for the yeah. reunion shows. So. That's correct. Uh, there's, been, there's been a lot of gizmos, man, counting yeah. the original bunch and then the second lineup and the third lineup and then all the reunions. I, I've never counted it up. But there must be, I don't know, 30 people or I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. There's a bunch. There's been a bunch. And then on top of that, when we – when we would play shows, a bunch of times somebody would get on stage with us and play, and Kenny would always go up to them and it's like, you are now an official gizmo. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there's probably at least another dozen official gizmos, according to Kenny, just because he said so because they got on stage with us. So, yeah, yeah. Like Bim Thomas from Obnox, he's, he's, he played drums with us on one song at Donor Fest. So, you know, it's just a lot of, a lot of, you know, I mean, the, the Gizmo thing when we started in the reunion shows, it became like kind of a party band, you know. Uh, it's just kind of fun and lighthearted and, uh, loud and, uh, easy to understand, <laughs> you know. So it just it kind of worked perfectly. I mean, I just wish we could play some more shows because it's, it's always fun. And for me, it's really easy because I don't play any instruments. I just sing and sometimes play tambourine. And I only sing lead on about four or five songs. So it's really easy and a good time. <laughs> yeah. heavy weather how did that come about uh well when i moved here in 2018 um i wanted to do a band of course and uh i because of the gizmos really uh, well back up a little bit my i had a band in la for like 30 years called crawl space and that was like all over the place we and that was always my intention i started when we started it was kind of like garage, punk, high-energy, MC5, but we always jammed a little bit. It had two of the Lazy Cowgirls were originally original founders with me of that band. And so we did that for a while, and then at a certain point, I just like wanted to improvise more and more and more until by the early 90s, our sets were all improv. There was no 
there was no preparation by, beforehand, except we would get together and rehearse. But the rehearsals were jams too. We just, you know, we were really inspired by like free jazz and stuff, and, and we wanted to play just totally free. So I did that for a long time, and then that kind of mutated into like kind of home studio stuff where it was like experimentation with everything we could think to do. So so anyway, I did that for like all that time out there. And then when I came here, especially after doing all the Gizmos reunion shows, I wanted to have a rock and roll band, just a basic straight-ahead rock and roll band instead of what I had been doing for decades, which was just endless experimentation. And partly because the Gizmos is so much fun. I mean, people really enjoy it. And when you're doing, like, kind of weird noise rock or not even rock, just weird noise music, some people like it, but most people don't. (laughs) And they have a good time. And then I started doing those disco shows, like, wow, people really enjoy this. (laughs) So it's like, I want to have a band like that. So when I got here, uh, originally, I wanted to make it almost like a frat rock band where we just played Louie Louie and Wild Thing and, you know, more obscure stuff, but, you know, kind of mostly covers and just kind of fun songs and do it kind of loud and crazy and loose and drunk. And But then I met this guy, Mark McWhorter, who was in a band called The Cowboys, a local Bloomington band. Uh, in fact, I, I had first seen them because they opened the very first Gizmo's reunion show at the Bishop here in Bloomington. I didn't know him, but I knew who he was. And when I got here, he was in a band called ABC Gum, who are really good. And so I started hanging out with them because I already knew another guy in that band. Anyway, uh, uh, Mark and I were hanging out behind the bishop one night, uh, and he came up to me, and I was about to light a, a bowl, and he had a joint and said, hey, you want to smoke this joint? So we hung out and got high, and he was like, Hey, you want to get together and write some songs? And it's like, yeah. I mean, I've been, I wanted to put together a band anyway. Yeah, let's do that. And so we started doing that, and then it took quite a while because he was busy, and then weird shit happened, and whatever, and the pandemic happened. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, at the beginning of so uh, we started playing seriously beginning 2021. And rehearsed uh, almost every week for about six months, and then finally played a live show, and that was like July 2021. And then we've been doing it since then, and uh, have an album coming out in December on Feel It Records. The only bad thing about all of it, our guitar player is moving to Mexico City in December. Or November, I'm sorry, November. So we're about to play the last show, hopefully not forever, but at least with that guy, at least for the moment. For So it's all fucked up. I mean, the album's coming out, but there's not going to be a band happening when the album comes out. So whatever, you know, I mean, you know, it happens. It's happened to me before. So <laughs> A little disappointing, but, yeah, a little disappointing, but, you know, at least we got the album, and uh, it's on a really good label, Feel It is, uh, they mostly do young, kind of punky stuff, and he has, like, really great distribution, and is a really honest dude, so, I'm I'm excited about it, I mean, uh, it's, 
It's something I've never really managed to do in my life, even with Crawl Space, like our first album. Most of it's kind of short songs, but it's really weird. And then the second side has one song by us and then an 18-minute version of a can song. So it's like us doing a can song, but it's actually even longer than their version. So even that album, I didn't manage to just, just do like a rock and roll record, you know, except the gizmos. But I don't, you know, I didn't sing on all of them. I'm not even there on every track for that matter. So I was like, I want to have a rock and roll band, you know, and and I did it and we have the record coming out. So, and I think it's pretty good. So, uh yeah, yeah, I, I'm stoked. Well, you got anything you want to add before we wrap it up? I'm starting to run out of time here. Uh, not that I can think of. So, I mean, no, no. All right. Thank you I mean, so much do, for doing do this, you want, Do you want to get into the, the gizmos changes and all that? Is that something you want to do now? Or do you want, aren't you going to talk to Dale? That would be a good idea. Let him take up that part of it. And, uh, okay. Yeah. And let him tell the story. Cause he was there. I wasn't, I know the, I know the basic details cause I've had to tell the story. So many times. <laughs> I've, I've had so many people come up to me and it's, it's been, since I moved here, it's like, hey, I love this song. And they mentioned it. It's like, I wasn't on that. And I didn't even know those guys. It's like, it's like they're always like, what? what? It was kind of like you and the, those garage videos. It's like, nope, nope, wasn't even here. Didn't I didn't meet those guys until 2014 when we did the that's, first Gizmo's reunion show. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy too, man. It's, it's, like, it's not it's not what you would think. No, no. Uh-uh. It's like semi celebrity status band. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's we're we're I know simple. you probably don't feel that way, but <laughs> Oh, I sorta of do and because I get it so much here from music people. I mean, every young punk rocker at least knows the name. You know. Oh yeah. So, yeah. So even I, they haven't always really heard it, but they know who we were. You know, just yeah. that you know we were we were the punk band before everybody else in Indiana. So it's, it's, well, it's, the, the Polish sausage sauerkraut. Uh, isn't there bands from like Australia and stuff doing something from that? Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, no, no. I mean, the Gizmos both versions. There's really three versions. In the, you know, the, the really weird, obscure underground are really well known around the world. There, there's no doubt about it. I mean, the, in the, when Bob Richard first started doing the CD reissues, when he brought Gulcher back in like 2000, uh, within a couple of years of that, he licensed some of it to like an Italian label. So there's Italian vinyl that came out like 15 years ago or more that didn't come out here. I mean, it's the same stuff. But, so, yeah. And, in fact, the guys that ran that label, when we did the first reunion show, they flew here to see us from Italy. <laughs> it was cra- it was crazy. <laughs> Who would have thought? 